Anchor, how we doing, guys? How we doing? How's Anchor doing this morning? Hey, save me Man, some it point. is good to be here. Happy three years, Anchor. So good. So good. Hey, my name my name's Brian, and I am the lead here at Central. And if you don't know me, I would love to get to know you. Yeah. Meet me in the lobby afterwards. I'll buy you a donut. It's on me. It's Can on me one? today. And who are you? What are you my doing name, here? My name is Matthew. I'm the lead pastor at our Lincoln Congregation. <laughs> Let's go. With a hood, with a hood, right. with a hood. And how, how, many, how, right. much, how much you pay them for that? How much uh, you pay them for that? 15 donuts. All right, a 15, pop. 15 donuts. All right, I see what I got to do. Um, <laughs> I see what I got to do. Hey, uh, you, you came, whether it's your first time or if you've come in for like since the beginning, you came at the right time. Because we're starting a six-week teaching series where we're going to be looking at the vision and the values of Anchor Church. And here's why this is exciting. It's like, if you've been here for a while, you're like, okay, like, okay, remind me again of like what we care about and like what makes us, us. That's what we're going to be covering over the next six weeks. And if you're new to Anchor, you're like, okay, now what do you guys care about? And like, what makes you guys, you guys? You know, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next six weeks. And for this teaching series, this next six uh, six weeks, um, we're going to be looking at the teachings and the life of Jesus because he is our leader. He's the one we follow. And so we're going to be taking our cues from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and taking stories and looking at how these teachings, this person, you know, really can draw a line from his teachings, who he is, to what we care about here at Anchor. And today we're going to be looking at uh, our, our vision statement, and we'll be unpacking that. But before we yeah. do, you know, we have said, we have something that we've, we've mentioned since the beginning. We call them anchor stories. Now, anchor stories typically are stories of God working in powerful ways in your lives and through your gifts, generosity, and resources. That's typically what an anchor story is. But we want to have the B-sides anchor stories today. Some of those church planting stories that often go underreported and unacknowledged, but are a part of every church plant, the weirdo wacko stories. Now, this is something, this is just us. This is it, you know, kind of like this is insider kind of stuff. So, you know, you know, uh, so just count yourself privileged. Um, now, it should be mentioned, you know, like, the, they're, they're, like there's no book that contain all of these weirdo, yeah. wacko, wacko stories of anchors. So we're just going to give you a small and then come talk to us afterwards in the lobby. Yeah, a little, a little taste. Bay on that, yeah. You're going to uh, come talk to us in the lobby afterwards if you want to hear all the other ones that, like, are not even fit for the stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but before we launched here, you know, I skateboard. Follow me on Instagram for more. But um, uh, before we, uh, before we yeah. launched, I was skating in the parking lot. Um, and uh, I, I think I was all by myself skating in the parking lot, which I don't, I don't know how that happened. But, um, uh, and somebody pulled in, Lincoln Continental, nice car, you know, and uh, rolled down the window and said, does the pastor know you're skateboarding in this church parking lot? <laughs> and I kind of walked towards him and I said, I, I, he may have an idea, um, but you should come back on Sunday and tell him because he probably would really like to know. He didn't yeah. come back. No. He didn't, we're still praying for that man. We're still man. praying for him. Yeah. We're still praying yeah, for We're that looking man. for that Lincoln Continental. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have had tons of stories, tons yeah. of funny stories, uh, funny interactions. You know, I remember when we first came to this building yeah. and, and we were, you know, dreaming about what could be. And I hadn't seen it yet. Brian had. He had, you know, a little appetizer, but I hadn't. And so I remember coming into the building, looking around and thinking to myself very confidently, there's only one way forward here. <laughs> There's one path, no other paths forward. 
we must light it on fire and accept the insurance because this cannot be salvaged. Matt, that's not how insurance works. That's, Is it that's called fraud. That's oh, called okay. fraud. Well, I mean, grace, right? No. <laughs> no, uh, no. But no, I remember walking in like, oh, there's no salvation here in yeah. this household. Um, but, you know, a little paint here, a little paint there really uh, spruced up the joint. But those stories yeah. aside, I think about in this season, yeah. uh, Brian, when five years ago, yeah. when we were in your living room, yeah. In Ellensburg, if you don't yeah. know where Ellensburg is, it's in the center of the state. It's where you stop to get fast food and so, on your way through. And some people stop to get degrees. Well, we <laughs> did. You know, there's a few of us, right? There's a few. There's a few. Um, but I remember in your living room, maybe 10 of us, yeah. max 10 of us in this living room, thinking about and praying about yeah. what could yeah. be if we committed to coming yeah. over to Tacoma and planting a church. Yeah. And to think, and yeah. to think five years ago from now and looking at where we're at now, Look at how much God has done. Look at, yeah, look how much God has done. Three years, three congregations. Three years, three congregations. It's a beautiful thing. I had a moment recently, um, just to, you know, for sharing moments, I had yeah, a moment yeah, recently yeah, too. Um, and we had an event for people that had been serving throughout kind of this weird last 18 months, two years, who knows how long it's been. Um, and we were out in the field and, um, you know, like nothing, like it wasn't like a limb grew locker. It wasn't like, it wasn't like something like clearly miraculous, but I just saw kids playing. I saw people talking that hadn't known each other apart from anchor. And I, I stories popped into my head as I saw people. That's the person that came up to me and said, because of the work of God in this place, I've overcome this prejudice that I've never been able to wow. overcome. Because of the work of God in this place, I've stepped towards sobriety in ways that I've never been yeah. able to step towards. Yeah. Because of the work of God in this place, my marriage is stronger than it ever Come has on. been before. Yes. And I was yes. looking out and just seeing these stories and being like, this is God working and a community formed. Yeah. That is an anchor story. That's our story. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, that, what that communicates to me, Brian, is God does big things yeah. through imperfect people. Yeah. Yeah. Just such big things through yeah. imperfect people. Yeah. yeah, he does big things through imperfect people. That's a line where if we would want you to, for that to be sealed on yeah. your heart. Yeah. I'm just going to say it again. Let, the, let it soak in because I think a lot of us count ourselves out. Yeah. God doesn't. God does big things with imperfect yeah. people. Yeah. Where we pick up the story we're looking at, the passage of scripture is in John chapter 21. Now, it's an interesting start to the story. You know, Jesus has already appeared to the disciples as resurrected. Could you imagine it? Where he tells Thomas, hey, are you doubting? Put your hands in the scars. Touch it, bro. This thing is real. I defeated death. I'm giving you the insider track. Blessed more is those who don't even get to touch it, but still believe they've already had this experience where the women had told the men and the men had a hard time believing, but until they actually saw it, you know, that story that documented in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's already happened. Yeah. But then Jesus kind of like, like dips back a little bit and the disciples are like wondering like, okay, so what next? Have you ever been in a situation like that where you graduated from college, but you hadn't yet got the job? 
You know, you had the big ceremony, but you hadn't had the, the finish, the resolution, or maybe you got engaged, but you hadn't got get married, and you're in this in-between stage that kind of feels awkward. You feel like you're kind of like waiting for something and being pulled apart at the same time. This is the situation that the disciples were in. Wondering and waiting and wandering in between, in the middle of not yet having been commissioned, but having seen something that changed history. Yeah. This is the situation the disciples were in. And there in the middle of this situation, what do the disciples do is, you know, they have this, all this muscle memory of fishing. And so, you know, Peter says, hey, hey, let's go fishing. And it's interestingly enough, and it's important for us to know later on, they go fishing in the exact same place that Jesus first found them in the stories of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Sea of Galilee. They're there at the place where it all starts. And this is how the scripture reads. John chapter 21, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. They're all together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. And by that night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, the gospel of John saying that about himself, gosh, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off. Apparently you put more clothes on when you're Peter, when you're about to jump in. I don't know. Jumped into the water and the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. And they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and broke it and gave it to them. And did the same with the fish. And this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. You know, our, our vision statement here at Anchor Church is to be a community of imperfect Jesus followers living for the good of Tacoma and yeah. the greater South Sound. That's a good vision statement. That's a great vision <laughs> statement. There's a lot. There's a lot to that. And what we're going to do is throughout the, this, you know, the next 25 minutes or so, um, or I see 15, so the next 20 minutes or so, you know how it goes. Um, we are going to go line by line, you know, and, and go through this vision statement. And to begin with, we begin with where the disciples began here in this passage yeah. with community. Yeah. You know, I love how Peter was like, I'm going to go fishing. And the rest of the disciples said, hey, can we come through too? And so seven of the disciples got on that boat and they were hanging out, they were fishing, yeah. doing life together. You know, the disciples valued community yeah. and they valued community more than just doing ministry together or following Jesus together. Yeah. Clearly they yep. did life together. Yep. 
They valued community. You know, they were interconnected. They did life together. And I would argue that they were more than just interconnected, that they were interdependent, that they depended upon one another to remind each other of who they were in Christ. I, I truly believe that Nathaniel was encouraging Peter when Peter was doubting or struggling yeah. of the words that Jesus had spoken over Peter yeah. and the call that God had put on Peter's yeah. life. Yeah. And I can't help but imagine uh, Thomas being encouraged yeah. by John to remember yeah. the fact that you placed your hands, your fingers in his wounds, yeah. the risen Lord. You know, they depended on one another. Yeah. And outside of this passage and the many passages throughout Scripture and the words of Jesus encouraging the people of God to gather together, that's why we call it a gathering and not a service, Mm. all right? It's a fluke if we call it a service. It's a gathering Mm. because it's the saints, it's the brothers and sisters, it's the family of God drawing together in community and being reminded of the risen Lord. But I love the fact, I love the fact that they did life together. And it's an encouragement to us to build our lives upon the life of this community, to press into what God is doing here. And more than just for our discipleship, more than just growing in Christ and worshiping together, but doing life together. Like going to the movies together, grabbing coffee together, hanging out at one another's houses, building community, because you need that. Yeah, we do. It's a human thing. Yeah. It's a lie to think that you could do it alone. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that again. It's a lie to think you can do it alone because you can't. Mm. I'm here to tell you, you cannot do it alone. Yeah. You need the people. Look around. Yeah. You need these people. Yeah. Whatever congregation you attend, whether it's Lincoln, Central, or online, you need yeah. these people. And so we value community. The yeah. second thing I, loved about, I love about this passage of Scripture is the imperfection that's communicated here in the person of Peter. Here, read this with me, verses 15 through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And I love how immediately after this passage, if you continue reading, he looks over to John and says, hey, what about that guy? (laughs) You know, when's he going to die? What's the deal with him? What's the deal with him? And it's like, come on, Peter, focus. <laughs> yeah. The son of God, you know, God in flesh is talking to you yeah. about the call he has placed on yeah. you and reminding you of that. It showcases Peter's imperfection. Yeah. Peter was an imperfect dude. You may be familiar with the stories of Peter, the accounts of Peter uh, rebuking Jesus because <laughs> Jesus's idea of him being the Messiah yeah. was off. From Bold, moves. Bold, Bold move. Bold move. <laughs> to which Jesus would respond, okay, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You may remember Peter lopping a dude's ear off, strapped with a sword in the garden against him, and he cuts a dude's ear off, and Jesus says, hey, Peter, Peter picks up the ear, heals it, puts it back on the guy. Blows it off. Blows it off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Be healed. Peter, come on, bro. This is not how we're going to do this, all right? This is not how we're going to do this. You may re- you know, remember Peter doubting and, yeah. and denying Christ three times. This is the context of the yeah. Peter that yeah. is sitting here with yeah. Jesus. So good. 
And here's what you need to hear. Jesus did not belittle Peter in this moment. Jesus did not disregard Peter in this moment. Jesus did not shame Peter in this moment. He reinstated Peter in his grace, in his grace. And what that communicates about our Lord Jesus is that he wasn't after the perfect. He was after Peter, the imperfect. Come on. And what that means for us is that in our imperfections, in our shortcomings, in our insecurities and all of that, Jesus wants to use us. Jesus wants to use you. Jesus has given you purpose. He's given you gifts to live for the good, to preach the gospel, to heal the hurting, to help the hopeless. Jesus has reinstated all of us to do that despite our shortcomings. We can lean on his grace. We can lean on his grace. So here at Anchor, we own that. We own the fact that we are imperfect. It's not an excuse to go hit the clubs and wild out a little bit. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to to abuse the grace of God. That would be cheap grace. But what it is, it's a reassurance that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess him. That is the glory of God. And so what that means for us is you're in good company. Whatever congregation you attend, you are in good company. We're all imperfect here. We're all doing the best we can. We're still learning here on how to follow Jesus and what it looks like. But you're in good company as the imperfect gather around the perfect God. Yeah. The the interesting thing, uh, you know, is that it doesn't stop with a perfect God gathering around imperfect people. I mean, like that would be, that's amazing. You think about all the stories we watch on the screen or read in the books, and it's like usually about a powerful person usurping, dominating those that are less powerful. In the gospel, we read a different story. We read a story about the perfect and the powerful drawing near to um, to care for those that are imperfect. It's a powerful story just there, but it doesn't stop there. It continues forward. Jesus wants to use us, as, 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 as Matt mentioned. Our vision statement is that we are a community of imperfect Jesus followers. That's important. We're a community of imperfect Jesus followers. We're not just imperfect, but we are imperfect Jesus followers. We know that because we define ourselves by the perfect, not by whatever culture says, whatever's in a magazine, whatever we see on Instagram. We, right. we, we might have that's a right. level where we say, okay, we're, we've reached some type of cultural perfection, but that's not our standard of perfection yeah. because our standard of perfection is Jesus. And so when we follow Jesus, we're always aware that we are not there because he is there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're imperfect Jesus followers, but we are imperfect Jesus followers that are living for the good. Yep. You see, when, when, when Jesus gets with Peter there, he has words for him. And they're corrective, they're challenging words. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about it, how Jesus is setting the stage, even with something small like a charcoal fire, to remind Peter of of his own denial of Jesus, but then not just to fixate on the denial, but to bring him into that reinstatement and to commission him. That's right. So what's beautiful is that Peter and Jesus, uh, he says over and over again, feed my sheep. Now, for Jesus, that's a very specific word. In fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus describes that I have sheep that, are, that don't know about me yet. Mm. So there's this powerful thing, this tender and powerful thing that's happening between Peter and Jesus. Peter knowing about what, what Jesus said in John chapter 10. 
He remembers that story, that there are sheep that don't know the name of Jesus, that are still Jesus's sheep. And what Jesus is telling Peter, he's saying, hey, you're going to be the one to feed those sheep. Imperfections, yes, but you're going to be the one to feed those sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed the ones that don't yet know about me, but will know about me. And they're already mine, even though they don't know that they're mine. Feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep. Yeah, the imperfect is there, but this is the future. This is yeah. the future. Acts chapter 5 has a story about Peter that I've always found interesting. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's okay to say that a Bible passage is weird, by the way. Yeah. One, uh, one, one wise person said, when you, when, when you encounter a Bible passage that's weird, don't look away from it. Just look closer. Yeah. Just look yeah. closer. There's something powerful there. So in Acts chapter 5, it describes Peter's shadow. It's like people are drawn to Peter's shadow because they think, if I just get close to him, then I'll be healed. So weird. That doesn't fit our 21st century post-enlightenment worldview. But here's how it's powerful to me. Maybe you've had experience like this. Have you ever gotten close to a person and maybe had a conversation with the person and felt seen, known, loved, and then walked away from them and maybe felt something close to healed? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a moment like that? Have you ever had a moment where like you shared a little bit about who you are and you were not, you were received with love and welcomed and you like walked away, you're like, that's what my soul needed. Imagine with me, imagine with me, Peter filled with the spirit of God to a degree that we, we want, we aspire towards. So people, they were just getting close enough, close enough that the shadow of Peter touched them and they just were healed by just being close to the one who was so filled with the spirit of God. Yeah. The hinge point was this seaside conversation between Jesus and Peter. Feed my sheep, hmm. feed my sheep. Something changed, something focused in Peter's life. He started living for the good in a way that, that we have inherited as something that, that one of the reasons why we're here. Yeah. Let me just say something. I want us to hear this. I want us to hear this. Your imperfections don't keep you from your calling. Mm-hmm. Your imperfections don't keep you from your calling. That's right. We learn it here in John chapter 21. Sometimes there's times where we have to catch our breath. We have to get recentered. We have to go get help from somebody when our imperfections catch up with us and trip us up. But that doesn't keep you from your calling. Yeah. It doesn't keep you from your calling. It didn't with Peter. It didn't with Peter. We're people that we, we want to hear at Anchor. We want to be a community. Yep. We, we acknowledge we're imperfect. We're not compromising on the fact that we're Jesus followers, yeah. but we are also living for the good. Yeah. We're living for the good. Yeah. So here's a couple ways I just want to share that we've lived for the good recently, and we as a community have done this. You know, John mentioned like we built a house in Haiti. You you, you didn't know that, but you know, through your financial generosity, like people in Haiti right now that didn't have a house because of the earthquake now have a house and they have a place where they, the rain isn't going to hit them. The shade from the heat isn't going to hit them. They got, they've got a place. This is living for the good. This is what we talk about. We're living for the good. You might not have known it, but both at Lincoln and Central, you know, there's a, there's a, a donation bin for Afghan refugees that are seeking help and seeking yeah. comfort. And you can give to that. You can give to that so that Anchor Church is helping Afghan refugees resettle in this state. 
You might not have known about it, but it's going to be up next week so you can come give to it next week too. These are small little ways that we are living for the good. I remember uh, during COVID, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, so some of you guys know, uh, but we've, you know, I, we had this meal program where we said, Katie, you're not no longer a kid's pastor. Sorry, we know you like it, at least for this time. You're going to be our outreach pastor because we need outreach more than a kid's ministry because no kids are coming here for ministry. Yeah. So she said, okay. That was kind of a summation of the conversation. We did a lot. Katie did so much, and we did a lot as a team. One of the things I love is that some people weren't leaving their house, whether they were physically unable or they were afraid because of the pandemic. And so we stopped, we, we stopped just doing drive-through meals, but we started delivering meals to people that were shut in. And there are many stories, you guys, of people weeping, saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for living for the good. Just one more story, if I can. I was, um, it was Christmas, Christmas Eve here. Some of you maybe were there. We were singing the last song outside, Oh, oh Holy Night, Silent Night. It's one of those ones. <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock? Jing, no, it wasn't Jingle Bell Rock. Okay. okay. <laughs> Good idea next time, though. Okay. We had our candles out, and I was sitting next to, or standing next to a couple, and um, I said, this is kind of weird, isn't it? We're all masked up outside, singing with candles, and we're like, yeah, it is kind of weird. I was like, I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> and then uh, the wife said, it's weird because this is our first experience really in a Christian church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been to other different types of spiritual organizations and communities, but, but I, it just feels like Jesus has been pursuing me coming after me. And, and, and as I drive by this church, I feel like God's putting this church on my heart to find community at. And, I, and when I told my husband, he said, weird, that's the same thing I'm feeling. Yeah. So we've started coming to learn about Jesus yeah. and to learn about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we're interested in Jesus. And this couple is serving, have committed to following Jesus, have been baptized are in a discipleship program. We're living for the good. Can I just tell you that there are more stories that that we don't have time to share. I just want to say, like, you are unaware of the grace that is in your midst, both to you and to those around you. The stories of, of marriages that are stronger yeah. The stories of recovery, the sto- these, these, this is what God is doing. We are living for the good by the work we're doing here, by singing and praising and lifting up the name of Jesus. And we're living for the good by whether it's houses in Haiti or comfort or packages, care packages for Afghan refugees or, or a delivered meal. We're living for the This is who we are. Yeah. yeah. God does big things with imperfect people. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, I want to take a a moment to to dream with you guys a little bit here as we're wrapping up. You see, we're called to live for the good. We're called to live for the good. Uh, And for us, that starts here in Tacoma, in the greater South Sound. That's why we wrap up our vision statement with to, to live for the good of Tacoma in the greater South Sound. You see, Jesus 
he said to the disciples, and you will be my witnesses. You remember this in Acts 1, in Jerusalem, and so on and so forth, and to the ends of the earth, but it was localized. Yeah. There was a clear vision. Yeah. Starts here. Yeah. And for us, it starts in Tacoma. Yeah. And for you, it starts in your neighborhood. Yeah. You know, in our core team days leading up to launching, we had this, this concept of being front porch people. Yeah. You know, we live in an age where it's like, hey, if I could just have a garage door, that's great. Like, yeah. I want to pull up. I don't want to see my neighbor, Pat. You know, I don't want to see my neighbors. <laughs> Pat. Pat's always trying to talk to me about my lawn. I don't want to talk to her about my lawn. All right. And so, hey, they're going to be in the garage, right? But we wanted to press against that. Yeah. You know, cut down those privacy hedges. Privacy. You got to say privacy. Like privacy, right? It's like a British person said it. When you say privacy hedges, it's not cool. It sounds kind of weird. Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Privacy hedge. Cut them down. Be a front porch person. What does it mean? Be seen. Yeah, yeah. Neighbor well. Yeah. Be a part of the community that God has placed you in. There's a reason God yeah. has placed you yeah. where he's placed you. Yeah. And so don't despise where he's placed you, yeah. but own it yeah. and use it to be his presence yeah. in your neighborhood. To be present with your people. So be a front porch person. Yeah. Be a front porch. Own that. Because yeah. God has commissioned you where you're at, not just Brian and I, yeah. not just our staff and our pastors, but you That's to right. be the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. You have a purpose in the body of Christ. And as you step into that purpose and that calling and the place that God has put you, we will see and hear more stories like we've heard today. Matt, just quickly, I'm, uh, I had an experience recently that, that I've been thinking about when you shared that story. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I skate, like I mentioned that I like to skateboard and I, I, I was out in my neighborhood mm. wanting to get some solitude evening skateboarding time and yeah. hopefully not damage my body too much and because uh, hashtag 40 is coming. So. Aging. Uh, and then within five minutes, like all the kids from the neighborhood and all the dads from the neighborhood came out and started talking and I, and I was like, well, I guess putting the skateboard aside. Uh, and I came in a little bit bummed. I'm like, oh man, honey, I didn't get any time. You know? And she goes, but my wife said, isn't that what you want? Mm. And I looked out that window, and, and I don't mean this in any type of like self-aggrandizement. I looked at all the webs of connection that had happened because we had decided to become a front porch people. Yeah. And all the conversations about Jesus and the practical assistance that's been offered because we wanted to be seen. We wanted to be present. Yeah. Two things, two things that are coming that you might want to invest in here at Anchor. The first is this. You know, we believe in, we're pro-church growth. All day. <laughs> we like church yeah. growth. We, we just so you know, we, we love church growth. We're, but we have a vision of church growth that is kind of slightly different against, uh, than, than what we'd normally expect. We want this place to grow. Central, we want you to keep bringing your neighbors. Lincoln, you, we want you to keep bringing your neighbors. Yeah. But we also want to not just grow vertically, we want to grow horizontally. Yeah, that's right. We believe the most effective way for lost people to come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is not by one church growing really big, but by many churches being planted. That's right, yeah. Yep. Lincoln is an example of this. Yeah. In the next six months, we're going to be talking about a new church plant that we're, we're starting to launch. Yeah. And here's the cool thing. This one's going to be a little different. It won't be carrying the name of Anchor, which is different for us so far. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't know if you knew this. The name Anchor Church is not the same as the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right. So that means sometimes a person has a unique type of church that is very similar that still focuses on Jesus but might have a different name and different values and we're excitedly cheering that on yep yeah
because it's about Jesus. Yeah. Because it's about Jesus. It's not about anchor at the end of the day. You think uh, someone here is going to be called to that work? I think lots of people are. I agree. It's our hope that, that we send out as much as we see. Yep. The other thing is, is that we are starting uh, in the next few months a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, over the last few years, I've had many conversations with Jesus followers and non-Jesus followers that are saying, Brian, I want to continue down the path of sobriety. Yeah. Whether it's whatever type of addiction that is. And here at Anchor, we want to be a church that plants more churches, but we also want to be a church that cares well for people that are already a part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do both things well because we see that's what Jesus does. Yeah. So these are two examples of how we're going to continue to live for the good. There are many more, but they're just two. You know, as we transition to this next song, we have communion and we have worship and we have some prayer opportunities. I want to just quickly walk through those opportunities. But to do that, I want to go back to Peter and Jesus' interaction. Because when Peter and Jesus have that conversation, something interesting happens. Jesus doesn't belittle Peter for his imperfection, and he doesn't ignore it because let's, it'd be awkward to bring it up, so let's just pretend it didn't happen. He speaks to it. He goes towards the wound, but he does so to heal it. That's right. This is a picture of the cross, where Jesus does not turn a blind eye to our sin, but also doesn't belittle us because of it. Rather, takes our full weight of our imperfections on his shoulders so that we might be brought into a relationship with the one who alone is perfect, Jesus Christ, the Holy God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is what we celebrate with communion as we take the bread and the cup. Mm -hmm. We're reminded that we are imperfect, but we are loved by the one who is perfect. Yes. So you're invited to celebrate that and to savor that. You might be a first-time Jesus follower or a person interested in taking that step. All you have to do is saying, Jesus, that message that I heard is true for me, and I want to be a follower of you. That's it. That's the first step. Yeah. There's also healing, or there's prayer on both these sides. You might, you might something you need uh, have something. You might need some some prayer, whether it's something some healing something in your head, that, a thought pattern you can't get out of, something that's hurting you physically, something emotionally or relationally. You might need some prayer. We don't want anyone to miss the opportunity to receive prayer for what they need prayer for. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of that over this next song. And I want to invite us uh, just to right where we're at, just sitting down, extend a hand, and I want to pray over us and commission us as Anchor Church to live for the good. Oh, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come in this place. In flame and power, fill us with your gifts. Cause us to be like Peter. As people get close, they get healed. Cause us to live for the good. Father, give us a vision, not just for these past three years, but the next 30 years. Spirit of God, would you give us your power not a power to dominate, but a power to love. We pray these things in the name of Jesus.